Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning. Come on in. Pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller. And we are so excited to have you with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cam Clutter is our barista, as always. Yesterday, Amanda, Cam, and I began a conversation about preparing for Advent. And today we're going to continue that conversation with our friend Liz Christie from the Office of Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus, our fine diocese. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. <laughs> Starts with a prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've had a little bit of coffee. Does it seem like that? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah you have go. an extra pep in your Little jazz step. I've been you know, drinking out <laughs> of the syrup bottle. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for another day. Your, your gifts, your graces, your love, for your sacrifice for us so as to redeem us. Help us to be ever-present to that reality and to return love with love. We ask that in, in our hardships today that you give us just the courage and the remembrance to turn to you and in all of our joys to thank you. We ask this through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the 43rd anniversary of the passing of Servant of God, Dorothy Day. And the church also celebrates today all the Franciscan saints. Yay, happy Feast Every Day. one of them. We should celebrate. Well, we're going to. <laughs> okay. I have a list of all the Franciscan saints. Yay. So for the next 45 minutes, we're just going to read their names <laughs> and ask for their intercessions. So ready? St. Francis. St. <laughs> Clair. Pray for us. <laughs> just kidding. Um, There's a lot of them. Do you have a favorite um, Franciscan saint besides St. Francis? St. Mm, St. Dominic, right? <laughs> yeah, St. Dominic. <laughs> He's an honorary. Yeah. Uh, St. Anthony. Okay. Yeah. Why St. Anthony? Because uh, I lose a lot of stuff and he's always there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, he, uh, yeah, boy, there there was a gentleness and a fervency mm. at the same time uh, in, in his preaching and in introducing people to the gospel that I thought was really beautiful. Yeah. But then uh, Blessed Solanus Casey's also right near the top of the list. He's a good one. He's a great one, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, I'm so sorry, Dave. I don't think I know many Franciscan saints. I, I need to change that. Maybe mm. I should look at your list. That's terribly disappointing. <laughs> I know. How about St. Clair? Yeah, of course. Sure. Actually, I had this really beautiful experience when I was in Assisi um, with Franciscan. I did their study abroad program. Mm. And I just really needed some space to just pray by myself so I was taking a walk you've ever been to Assisi it is absolutely beautiful it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been and I just felt led to go down this hill that didn't seem to have much of a path but I just thought well okay I'm here I am praying I'm just gonna be um docile 
Yeah. And it led me to Claire's um, refractory. So, or the, in the museum that they have for her. And I was so amazed because I didn't know much about her at the time. Mm-hmm. And it just. Did it take you down to the church of San Damiano? Um, or was it at, at the Basilica for St. Clair? Honestly, I, <laughs> I don't really uh, there's remember. Because there is like a really steep path down to the church of San Damiano. And. It, I mean, it's it's so quiet down there, and it's surrounded by some of the um, olive groves and a vineyard. And it's so peaceful. Mm-hmm. The walk and you down got is to go easy. When you were... Yeah, when we were over there in uh, in May, and it is it's steep going down, and then the walk back up is uh, you know had the walking stick. <laughs> <laughs> but we there's summer hours. Um, the church was open. Part of the church was open, but they didn't open up um, the actual, I guess, museum sort of places uh, there in the convent and in, in the church until noon. Mm. So we weren't able to go back down. Bummer. And I couldn't uh, lean on a on a friar to let us in early. So <laughs> you, know, you always try. Next time, right? You play the Franciscan. You know, show him the towel. <laughs> I'm one of you. Let me in. But. It, it, it was just beautiful, and uh, a lot of pilgrims, you know. Uh, yeah, Assisi is really a special place. I've never been quite anywhere else like it. Yeah. And, and now that we have a blessed uh, Carlo Acutis there as well, <laughs> next level. Yeah. And and <laughs> I think he's attracting a lot of um, younger people and people that maybe otherwise wouldn't go to a cc mm-hmm. that's a little unbelievable to me <laughs> but uh yeah the, the, it, it's so ancient it's so medieval and now with blessed carlo there it's also very contemporary mm-hmm. and yeah you just see the beauty of the church through all the ages mm-hmm. so yeah very good, very good. So how far did I make it on the Franciscan list? I made it too. Okay, <laughs> blessed Don Scotus, blessed Solanus Casey, yeah. We're going to continue our conversation on preparing for Advent. Mm-hmm. And Liz, welcome to the cafe. Thank you. Good morning. It's not Advent yet. I know. This is, um, this year's kind of odd for that, right? Like, everybody... Uh, that Sunday after Thanksgiving expects that to be the start of Advent. So mm-hmm. it, it's throwing things off a little bit, at least in my world. <laughs> what is your world? My world. Um, <laughs> Invite us into Liz's world. Into my world. Um, gosh, family, diocese, parish, uh, all the things. But um, but yeah, I noticed Mass was like extra crowded all weekend. I, I sang at three of the Masses this weekend. and mm. And we were like, wow, there's so many people here, like more than the last few weeks, which is exciting. Whenever there's more people, you notice. So it's, it's a great time of year. Advent usually fills the church very nicely, um, and it's exciting. So, But, yeah, I think a lot of people were there and thinking, time to light the Advent wreath, but not quite yet. Next now, weekend. do you canter, or are you part of uh, mm-hmm. the choir? Okay. I canter, and I help. Um, when we have our big choir masses, I help kind of conduct everything um, wow, for that. So it's no so idea. fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in my spare time, but... Um, <laughs> That's I one think of, <laughs> one of the first times I met you, I, I think, was you were singing mm-hmm. at the Greater Columbus Right 
a life oh, yes. banquet. Yeah, Beth had us do that uh, a few times. I, I was in a band for a little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a uh, short-lived, but um, but that was Wait, fun. What you were in a band? <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. so cool. <laughs> what was, was the a, band called? Um, it, was it was called an ABBA ABBA cover band. <laughs> no, no. Um, it was called Outside the Box, <laughs> and so it was just some local church friends, and they had started the band a while. Um, be, you know, before me. And um, then at one point they were like, hey, we could use another vocalist. Do you want to be in our band? I'm like, okay, sure. So then we did a few events and then life got busy and, you know. That's so cool. Yeah. Did, does the title Outside the Box, does that come for somewhere special or? Probably, but I don't actually know the answer to that. So. It sounds really cool. Yeah. I would listen to that. Maybe, I don't know, like thinking outside the box. I don't know. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Have you been uh, preparing then the choirs for yes. Advent? Yeah. So we started our practices uh, a couple weeks back, and um, it's great. We have a really good group this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one of our biggest and nicest groups post-COVID that we've had. So that's it's just very exciting, very fresh to have you know um, a lot of voices and and good voices and and um, and just yeah. So you get to you, it's a mix, right? Because you're practicing for. Um, the weekends coming up and then like some special things. And then of course, Christmas, you have to start doing that. So, um, so you get like a, a taste of it all when, when we rehearse. Do you have a favorite, uh, Advent hymn? Oh goodness. So many. I mean, Advent really is one of my favorite liturgical seasons. Um, I like it all. I, I mean, there's so, so much. And, and I think, you know, like we, we, in the secular world jump into like Christmas songs quickly, but there are so many good Advent hymns and songs. Um, in fact, I just scheduled a flock note to go out to our parish with just many Advent hymns on it. Like, Hey, listen to these. So they'll, they'll get that next week in their inbox and just a little, they're out there. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, somebody in my family has a, uh, uh, a playlist, uh, of all, uh, O come, O come, Emmanuel. There's so many. So, <laughs> There's yeah, so many. Yeah. And that and that's my favorite. Yes. Uh this just the traditional O come, O come, Emmanuel. Yeah, or I mean, there's some different versions, yeah. but you know, we get like four or five deep into this playlist and I'm like, please. <laughs> <laughs> we had one of our young people one year for our youth choir counted the times we sang O Come, O Come, Emmanuel in various songs, you know, and they're like, we just sang this like this many times. And um, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. But it's good. It's a good reminder. And it's a good, you know, just draws you into the season more. Yeah. yeah. I heard somebody make a comment that they survived Thanksgiving. Wow. What does that mean? Well, that, that and, and then the next comment was something like, uh, um, I hope I make it to Christmas. No, I mean, it, it's just kind of... It's not a lot of hope in those well, it's words. It's just kind of sad that yeah. um, I think it, it just caught up in all the stress and sure. um, knowing the person somewhat, I think she, the, this person was coming from a point of hospitality and really mm-hmm. wanted to please family and friends, um, but was feeling stressed with everything yeah i think that's typical this time of year right yeah the people pleasers can either be really excited or really stressed well and isn't that what you know the secular culture says about this time of year too is is it's a busy season 
get all your shopping done, mm. do all your cooking, you know, get the house nice and clean because you're having family over and stuff like that. I think it would be really easy to drown in that. Mm-hmm. Are you a people pleaser? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> it depends. I am until I'm not. <laughs> so every once in a while, I'll look at someone close to me in the inner circle and I'll say, I've run out of nice. Just just be forewarned. <laughs> It'll come back, but it's gone today. Um, but no, yeah, I like to. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I like people to be happy. Sure. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, I think all these concepts come from good desires, right? The mm-hmm. desire for hospitality, to the desire to make people happy. Right. Um, it's just when we do it in excess or in ways that right. um, maybe the Lord isn't asking of us. So that's the hard part, right? Because it's like, oh, I need to do X, Y and Z and then stop. Wait, Lord, is that what is that what you're asking me to do? Do I you know, should I be focusing here or is it something else? So I think that's like one of the keys to a busy season is making space for the quiet so that you can hear what the Lord might be asking. We've had some conversations this week around Advent and preparing for Advent. But one thing that I've that's really struck me is that it's not a season to pass through, mm. you know, to to the next season. But it, it it's really a season to enter into, and that's one of the reasons I, I'm so excited about this Advent series that we're going to be doing with Rejoice because it does. And I hope it does for everybody, but for me, my prayer is that I am able to stay in the present moment each day as we go through Advent and not look forward to Christmas Day. You know, there's there's still that anticipation, but not to move too quickly to it. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think the there needs to be a purposeful slowness to the season so that you really can appreciate the mystery of it. You know, I remember, um, my, my oldest, she was due to be born January 2nd. She actually came December 18th. So, um, she was right before Christmas, but I remember being pregnant during that Advent season that year. And just naturally I was slowing down cause I'm like, well, I'm tired. So everyone's getting a gift card. This is going to be, you know, this is easy preparation. But, um, but I sat with the scripture a lot and, and tried to connect to our blessed mother. Mm. Oh, what was she doing at this time? And so it was like this whole little kind of like internal reflection of just kind of walking with Mary, like through those weeks and like, I know what I'm experiencing. What did she experience? And, um, just trying to connect in that way. But, um, I think there's a lot of beautiful ways the Lord will kind of present himself and enter in into your life during this Advent time. That's really special to be experiencing in a more intimate way, like you were sharing you were pregnant during that time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that gave you a lot of insight into maybe similar things that maybe Mary was experiencing. Yeah, like just the, the whole fact that she rode on a donkey. <laughs> well, I'm like... <laughs> That would be like so low on the list of things I'd be willing to do right now at, <laughs> you know, 37 weeks pregnant or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. But yeah, just, just like all of her sacrifices that, you know, that she made throughout her yes and this whole, this whole process of, you know, like 
giving birth to our savior and just, and, and being so young, you know, like she was so young when she did that and said yes to that. Um, but where, yeah. Where'd Aaron grow up? Uh, Lancaster. Okay. So if Aaron had come to you and said, <laughs> Liz, we need to return to Lancaster, mm-hmm. the place of my birth, the home <laughs> of my people, and we're going to go by donkey. Right. Probably no, wouldn't have flown. Probably not. <laughs> probably not, you know? Um, but, yeah. But, like, though, at the same time, versus walking, because that was the other option, so it was, like, probably a small luxury that she didn't have to walk the whole way, you know? So Through the desert. Yeah. 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 It's just it's just interesting to think about those things and just kind of sit and ponder. But then, but but then to turn to the scriptures, you know, I love the Gospel of Luke this time of year. It's just beautiful with all the, all the, uh, yeah, the stories that we find there. Liz Christie from the Office of Evangelizations here with us in the cafe. We're talking some about preparing for Advent and slowing down this season. So, Advent, Amanda. From two words, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, Latin. Latin. <laughs> um, have you ever taken Latin, Dave? Um, Duolingo. Okay, there you go. <laughs> um, I no, actually, I took two semesters in high school. Okay, okay. I did study some Latin. Unfortunately, it wasn't my best. <laughs> but thank goodness we have the internet because I did look it up. I was wondering, where's the word Advent come from in? It does come from two Latin words, ad um, venice, and uh, it means to come. Hmm. So that was, I liked looking that up. That was helpful. So it says to me then that anticipation. Right. So what what is to come? Who is to come? That that was another quote that really struck me the last couple of days, that it, it's not a an anticipation of a day, but it's anticipating, preparing for the person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Huge difference. You know, and unfortunately, this is a concept that I feel has been relatively new to me in the past maybe six years, Mm -hmm. because before that, I, I didn't pay much attention to Advent. I don't think I really understood it as a season set apart that we should enter into before Christmas. Um. So, yeah, it's been beautiful to kind of journey into, actually, Advent is really something I need to make more space for in my life. Mm-hmm. What was it like growing up for you, Liz? Did you um, we Yeah, we did. We always had the Advent wreath. Um, so evening dinners, that would be part of it. And, the, you know, the kids, we would all fight about who was going to light and who was going <laughs> to blow out the candles. That was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can still remember, and I know my mom still has it, but they had a book that we would read from with the Advent prayers that, you know, it's like half falling apart right now. But um, but it was just beautiful. And you have that book still? It, she does at, yeah. at their house, yeah. And yeah. we have one at our house that's also, after 25 years of marriage, is um, <laughs> starting to fall apart as well. Um but but yeah, that was that was part of family dinner every night growing up. So it was a it was a good time of anticipation, and um, we had out of town family, so it would always be Thanksgiving and Christmas would be big times of the year because we would get to see all of them, and so there was a lot of like preparation of the home and you know and food and and things like that. But um, but yeah, and I was in Catholic school, and so I think they did a really decent job of nice. kind of observing Advent as well. 
Um, so it was always, yeah, it was always kind of a big deal. How about you, Cam? Yeah, we also had like the Advent wreath. We didn't say a lot of prayers with it. Um, we would we would pray Liturgy of the Hours, just evening prayer together as a family quite often. Either that or the Rosary. Growing up and during the Advent season, we would always end with just singing the first verse in the refrain of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And not to throw my family too much under the bus, but uh, I have the most musical talent in the family. So in high school, they were like, you're going to lead it. And I was like, I'm not a vocalist, but okay. Um, Yeah. And just, I, I guess it didn't for me really set in until probably later high school that I was like, oh, this is like a particular season to treat as not ordinary like ordinary time but extraordinary Mm -hmm. and that means there needs to be like an extraordinary emphasis on it i think if that makes sense and and so i think since then since then it's been a lot of learning and growing with it advent's not like a season i've ever i I feel like i've ever done well in my life and so Mm -hmm. i'm really excited for this one because i'm going into it really intentionally Mm -hmm. and that's fun I grew up, you know, a Methodist, and I don't ever remember the word Advent mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at all. I mean, there there was preparation for Christmas, um, both in the church and in, in, in the family. You know, there was a certain time that you would put up decorations or, you know, and... and the church, the uh, the services were leading you or, you know, bringing you to Christmas Day. But I never had that understanding of the penitential, certainly not the penitential aspects of it, um, or there wasn't, and this is one of the blessings of us being in, you know, Catholics, the church has the... The program, so to speak, uh, on how to help us prepare, mm-hmm. you know, through the mass readings and through the music and a- a- everything is oriented liturgically uh, to prepare through off, you know, the, through the divine office and and through the through the um, through the mass to help us along that journey. What a gift that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I um, was printing out psalm sheets for our cantors for Advent and handing them out. And this coming uh, Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, um, the psalm says, Lord, make us turn to you. Let us see your face and we shall be saved. Hmm. And I love that it starts with that. You know, that's how that's how we're we're entering into Advent with with those beautiful words. And um, and it's just like each week, like everything, like the readings, the psalms, the the prayers, you know, attached to the liturgy. Um they're really beautiful when when you take time to kind of enter into that. Um, it, it's very special. Okay, so there's a, there's kind of this this combat going on, right? This Uh-oh. idea of when when do you start Christmas music? Mm. Um, so do you intentionally try to just play Advent music until you get closer to Christmas, or? Well, okay, so great question. So we as we decorate the house, which 
already has happened. That that's kind of the day after Thanksgiving tradition. The kids are like, let's decorate the house. Okay, Christmas music happens that day while we're decorating, mm-hmm. and then usually by the end of it, we're like, that's enough, put it away, mm-hmm. and and then it it stays away. Um, in younger years, I think I probably would have listened to Christmas music from like Halloween to Christmas, and <laughs> now I'm like, eh, no, mm-hmm. no. In fact, I I don't think I listen to Christmas music much at all very purposefully like you hear it enough when you go into literally every store and you know and and out in the world so in my internal space there's not a lot of Christmas music in general sure yeah sure. do you decorate outside also a little bit yeah um actually <laughs> we have our neighbor's house is up for sale and so I told my husband to put out the outdoor nativity set immediately as people are looking at the house <laughs> so our neighbors will know. Like, hi, just this, a heads up. Just a heads up. This is this is us. So, um, so yeah, that went up Friday. But it's just a little. I, you've probably seen them. They're like the white cutouts of the nativity. Yeah. Um, his parents gifted that to us years ago. So that goes out, and then just some lights. Not you know a wreath on the door. Kind of simple outside. Um, inside we we have more Christmas decorations than we need. So uh, as I was unpacking this year, I'm like, I really should gift some of these to somewhere else and we're you know you over the years you just collect different things and yeah but my family has been doing that mm-hmm. year by year it especially all the kids are out of the house now anytime yes. I go back back home I'm like okay I don't want you climbing up this ladder and <laughs> getting all this down how can we pare down so we've intentionally set boxes aside for each of the kids for when you know we have our own families and want to have the traditional Christmas stuff from from, you know when we were growing up so that's we've been working on that nice yeah it's <laughs> good put the challenge out there yesterday for everyone to put a nativity in their in their front yard mm-hmm. let's uh you know we kind of lost halloween <laughs> you know, so and it, it, it just still shocks me how many people decorate for Halloween now mm. and uh, just really gross dark mm-hmm. decorations mm-hmm. um so let's yeah yeah let's spe- get the nativities out there speaking <laughs> of nativities so I have you know the pleasure of working downtown and so mm. outside the cathedral have you seen it yet I haven't it's I haven't but we used to beautiful. go down when it was uh, yeah. on the state auto property it's like it's even more special now just in the location it's at and it's just you know it tucks in just perfectly in in that green space there in front of uh and next to the cathedral and yeah i'm excited to i think that'll bring a lot of visitors in um during this advent season Uh, did you used to visit was was that a part of your uh i'm more of just like drive by it yeah 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 we we did it a few times maybe more than a few but uh, it's a, it's just a wonderful tra- uh, tradition. Now I would encourage, uh, especially younger families, to make a point. It's so easy in the evenings mm-hmm. to to go downtown. Parking's not a yeah, problem. Yeah, there's parking right there behind the cathedral, and then you can actually like just come up and walk through and really just appreciate the beauty um, of the different scenes, you know. And it's and and just the way they they have it set up. They they did a really good job. We had uh, Sean Kenny on yesterday, and uh, on the weekends, all the details are uh, are online at the uh, uh, at the Catholic Museum's website. 
uh, Friday and Saturday nights, they're, they're having hot chocolate and performances in, in the cathedral from a number of different choirs. So uh, really applaud uh, the work, the very hard work that Sean and his staff have put into uh, bringing the, the nativity. Yeah, it's a lot square. of planning and a lot coming together. So um, definitely take time to enjoy it. Liz Christie from the Office of Evangelization for the Fine Diocese of Columbus is with us in the cafe. We're talking about preparing to uh, for Advent. Let's talk about slowing down and some of the practical things um, that we can do. Uh, Amanda, we have talked some about just uh, the slowing down, finding silence, but uh, a theme that keeps coming up for me is present moment that's a that's a drum i beat anyway is says mm-hmm. uh, to live in the uh, present moment but i think especially in this season yeah. what what can we do to to settle ourselves you know i've been reflecting on this some somewhat because as our friends know i've been trying to fight fight a cold a little bit and it's just lingering it's it's not completely de- like decapacitating but it's just lingering and so it it's made me think about um, rest a little more and um, there are moments in our life I think when our Lord kind of has to stop us in certain ways and says like I I want your attention (laughs) Um, and I want you to slow down and I want you to take rest Um, and I think it's important to listen to those moments to to capture those moments because we don't always get them um, but also to make intentional space in our days for them, even if there's not like a physical reason we have to slow down. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I mean, we've talked about Advent being this also a penitential season in, but, but why, like why, why is there Advent before Christmas being penitential season or Lent before Easter being a penitential season? And it's, it's not penance for the sake of penance. It's penance for the sake of there are things that I need to be rid of so as to more fully allow Christ to enter into my heart. Right. And so um, I think silence is one of those things. Right. If How can I create in my life uh, a greater silence, whether it's... Um, maybe restricting social media or not listening to music, you know, some way that I can, yeah, enter into to rest a little more in the sense of being silent. How about you, Liz? I mean, the, uh, think back to when, uh, I'll, I'll do the same too, uh, walk down memory lane when the kids are little and there's a lot of chaos uh, especially as we get closer to Christmas, were you able to find that that those places were quiet? Yeah, um, it's hard, right? Because I think um, a lot of pressure is put on parents, especially moms. I, I always remember feeling that a lot. Like you have to have the perfect Christmas season for your kids, you know, and not even Advent, but it's like, okay, you have to get the good pictures of your family so that you can send out the Christmas cards so you can, Oh gee, I forgot about that. (laughs) You have to build the gingerbread houses and you have to, you know, then the whole like elf on the shelf showed up one year and I'm like, what is this? You know? And then, and, and there's just a lot of things and 
Um, and you know, and you want those memories and you want to do that. So it's like striking that balance of like, now my kids are older, so it, it's actually much easier to slow down and enjoy the season more. Um, but I think, I think not getting caught up into all of the things that's like, oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. Like, no, you have to prepare your family for the coming of the Lord and, and just having that mindset. And then, and then sure, like, you know, add in those fun things that, that, uh, you know, the kids will enjoy, but, but having that like purpose first as, as like, we're doing this, we're preparing for the Lord to come into our families, to come into our hearts. Mm. Um, it, it matters what the intention is behind it. And then that takes away some of the stress, I think, when the intention is is right. And then it's like, okay, if we have extra time, we add in these things, but we have to do this first. Um, yeah. <laughs> this may just be a Dave thing, <laughs> where especially in creating these memories, I would confuse activities with making traditions mm. so it's you know it's okay to do different like activities but then not everything has to become a family tradition and especially when when the kids are little and and then each year you add more stuff well we did this last year and it was fun so now it's a family tradition now we're going to do five more things this <laughs> year and then those five things next year are a part of the family tradition you just get to a point how many traditions oh can gosh. you have? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you done that? Or, or is oh, that... it's, yeah, it snowballs quickly because then, and then like kids remember, they're like, remember last year we did this? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, uh. yeah. Okay. We're doing that again, you know? <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, I think, I think being purposeful from the beginning and it is, is good, is helpful. And, and it's okay to not do everything the same every single time, you know? Um, and because the kids reach it, that when it point fails, also. Everybody's disappointed anyway. So you just set yourself <laughs> up for disaster. And it's like, you know, yeah. Yeah. At some point, you lose the elf uh, oh, on the shelf. So. <laughs> just stops watching. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, my wife and I are actually in, in a similar season to that. We both grew up cutting down our Christmas trees every single year. And it was always like, for her, it was always like the day after Thanksgiving or weekend after Thanksgiving. For me, it wasn't until like into advent a little ways i relented um it's all okay <laughs> but this year we didn't cut it down we just went to like one of those pre-cut christmas tree lots and i think for both of us and, and we never really had a conversation about it but i think for both of us we kind of realized like oh this doesn't have to ruin our christmas or ruin <laughs> our advent you know it's still i i think what the Lord's been doing in my heart going into Advent this year and really preparing for me is I keep just hearing the phrase, and I think Father Ricardo really uses this a lot, and that's because I hear it in his voice, um, is putting first things first. Yeah. And so recognizing like, oh, for example, the nativity scene is more important than my Christmas tree. And that might be really controversial to say, but it's true. Um, because what, what are they pointing me to mm -hmm. and, and recognizing that like, oh, I don't want my, like the gifts under the tree on Christmas day to be the central point of this entire season. I want the Lord to be the central point of this entire season. Mm. And I've really been sitting in like 
steeping in that like a you know like a tea bag and just waiting with it um going into advent and i'm and i'm sure even more through advent of recognizing that it's it's his day not not the gifts day or not my day or or whatever that is i love what you just said that the nativity set is more important than the christmas tree i i mean you would think that should be apparent, but it really is kind of like a revelation yeah. of, okay, where where's the nativity set in my house? Mm-hmm. Like what what centrality does it have? What, what uh, I guess, little details do I put into it to make it extra special or to make it seem like actually this is the true reason? I love that you said that. My wife and I, our nativity set's like actually just like this little because we have an apartment we don't have a whole bunch of rooms so it's this little like compact thing but it has like a little light in it um and so i've strung everything into the one outlet that is controlled by a light switch in my house so anytime you turn the light switch on it turns on not just like the lights on the christmas tree but also our little advent like like our little nativity light too (laughs) um and it sits in our window Uh, we have this like big bay window kind of thing and and it sits right there in the middle of, of the window. And so it's kind of a central point. Do you all do the um, hide baby Jesus until Christmas Day? You know, we did that growing up. And it was it was always on Christmas Day. One of the kids would have baby Jesus in their stocking. Mm-hmm. And actually, we had, oh, two, neat. We had two nativity yeah. scenes growing up. We had, like, the nice, expensive one that had, like, a really fragile baby Jesus. And always one of the older kids would get that one. And then we had like a little Playmobil uh-huh. baby Jesus and nativity scene, right? And so it's this tiny little, I mean, gosh, the maybe Fisher an Price inch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> circle exactly. head guy, yeah. And always one of, the, one of the little kids would get that one too. Um, and, and just recognizing that like Jesus coming and on that day he's born. And so until then, like we would move the wise men around the room too until mm-hmm. Epiphany. It was always really fun um, playing around with those. Nice. It's great to be Catholic, isn't it? I mean, who else thinks about moving the wise men around? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so let's talk about the Blessed Mother. Yeah. And how we can deepen our devotion to Mary this uh, this season as well. Uh, Liz, uh, Liz Christie's here in the cafe with us. You had mentioned your own pregnancy, mm-hmm. uh, and then eight months pregnant entering into the Christmas season. What a wonderful, tangible, real way to grow closer to the Blessed Mother. It was, really. I mean, tangible, that, that's a good word for it. And um, I've always loved our Blessed Mother, And but that particular year I was like, oh, like the, my devotion and fondness for her kind of grew. And then I will all remember that. Like, okay, speaking of traditions, like so now every year I like revisit that. I'm like, oh. Even just driving in today, I'm like, yeah, this was around that time, 19 years ago, that you know I felt more mm. connected to our Blessed Mother in this way, and um, and just, I mean, she's just so beautiful. I don't even have enough words to to say, and and the fact that December 8th we get to celebrate um, a feast day for her is just, it just makes Advent even more special. Like that's always just like such a special day um, for Advent. Were you also a midwife at that time? I was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just then, early and 
early in my career of that, so a couple years in, yeah. I would suppose, maybe you can share a little bit, but that there, maybe there's a special spiritual insight that you get in terms of helping another <clears throat> prepare for a life coming mm-hmm. into the world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, there's so there's so much beauty and there's so much just awe and wonder. I mean, those are those are really the only words for it. And um, I often I'll actually do this too. I'll I'll usually spend some time and Advent's a good time for it. Like, what was the birth of Jesus really like? Mm. And after you know delivering. 2000 babies over the years. I'm like, okay, I know what birth looks like, you know, for a lot of women. And, and what was it like for Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus? Like uh, to just imagine, like just to sit in prayer and just imagine like being present in that space and just, um, yeah. And I think, um, you were talking about St. Clair earlier and, uh, Franciscan saints. And I remember reading, about St. Clair one year and it was on Christmas where she had this like image or vision of holding the baby Jesus. And, Mm -hmm. um, I love that. I love that. Like as, uh, you know, like that she had that gift of, of being able to do that is so touching. So, um, I just think there's so much beauty around life and birth and especially like the incarnation of our Lord. Um, through the Blessed Mother coming into the world. It's just, it's like beyond anything that that we can really even imagine, but it, it's 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 fun to, to just spend time with that and to ponder that a little bit. So I don't know, maybe For- uh, an <clears throat> Advent series book someday I'll have to write that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Advent with our Blessed Mother and the birth and, and everything, but yeah. Father Jacob Ustinette was in earlier this week and he shared an image. Do you guys remember what this image uh, that father shared, he was going through the uh, concert, uh, Marian consecration, and he shared with us the image of putting ourselves into Mary's womb. Mm. Uh, and it, Mary's womb is being the most protected place and the most sacred place that we can, that we can be. Yeah. Talk, talk I just said wow. to do that remember to do that each morning always um but especially during advent to 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 be in in mary's womb i actually was having a conversation with a friend the other day about the if she's prayed through this and she had some really beautiful insights of um just this journey of praying in this way and she's like could you just imagine know being in this protected sacred space where everything is provided for right you know the the baby the mom is providing the baby with nutrition and protection and warmth and safety and and then just imagine that she she puts her warm hand on top of her womb and and you feel that and then joseph also joining her and and just like feeling this utter protection and love of the Holy family and, and Jesus is so intimately close with you there. And it was just this like beautiful insight that, um, as she was sharing this prayer process and it's like, wow, yeah, I really need to spend some time with that. That's a beautiful way to prepare for Advent. Yeah. I mean the Holy family, right? Like it is the model for all families. Like what, 
you know, and, and when you see there's so many beautiful images out there of the Holy Family, too, that you can just look at and ponder and, and spend time with. Speaking of the Holy Family, uh, we've been talking about the, that this week. Our Rejoice Advent series will begin tomorrow, <clears throat> excuse me, here on the cafe. We'll be going through Father Mark Toop's book, Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. It's published by Ascension Present or Ascension Press. You can buy it online. And our two wonderful um, Catholic uh, stores here in Columbus, Generation and the Marrying Gift Shop at St. Paul, have both ordered copies of this book for our, for the cafe listeners. So um, please join us uh, each each day we'll be spending the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show going through Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family, uh, reading a meditation, and then uh, doing some Lexio uh, with Scripture. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I think it's also a good thing to mention is not only will we be doing it together as friends on the cafe, but it seems like it's such a good book for couples. Mm, yes. Um, I mean, for families in general, but... To just encourage all of our friends to to do it with others as well, to maybe take the time to, you want to do a little book study or talk about it, I think it could be very helpful. Liz, will you be uh, publicly now making a commitment to go through Rejoice? <laughs> yes, I will publicly make my commitment to Rejoice. I'm actually, I, <laughs> I was going to stop by Generations earlier, later this week. <laughs> Liz had mentioned earlier that she's seen this book and you've made it available or encourage people to mm -hmm. get it through the parish, but you haven't been through it yourself. Yeah, I think it's it's hard because it, Advent is similar to Lent in that now there are many really good mm -hmm. Catholic like daily programs you can follow. And I won't name names of all the ones out there, so is it not to look like I'm supporting one over another, but there are a lot. Um, and so I usually do try to pick something, and it's like every day I do this this something. But... On certain years, it's like you get, you get ahead of yourself and like, I'm going to do 10 things and I'm going to do all of these things. And then that that's too much. And by like day three, you're doing none of the things. So I, I just encourage people like pick one, pick the one that speaks to you and then do it well. But if you guys are doing it every day, I can just turn on my radio. That's mm -hmm. going to be easy. So I'll, I'll well, go with that. Well, we can't do it Saturday and Sunday. So everyone oh, will have, have to, to do, do those my day own. by themselves. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But I'll pick up my book. I'll, I'll swing by generations. Yeah, get one for Aaron. I will. Yeah. No, he'll say, I, he already has his plans, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And then like, he'll say he wants to do his thing that he's already doing. But um, we'll see. I'll, I'll see if I can talk him into it. Bill, how you doing? Yeah. That's a, uh, with Lent as, as well, <clears throat> there's a uh, way that I've approached both uh, Advent and Lent in the past is, you know, taking on something just special for that season. And I guess that that's fine if it's one or two things. In, in recent years, though, I've been trying to find that one thing that I can do that becomes a habit uh, that will remain after that season. One way to go a little bit deeper, um, whether it's in prayer life or an aspect of fasting then that becomes a part of my life and that was a really pretty major mind shift for me rather than just doing it 
during Advent or doing something each year for Lent, but to, to find that one thing to carry through my journey. Have you guys done anything similar? Yeah, I, I take a similar approach. Um, it's like, it's like Advent and Lent are the times to kind of try out something that, you know, let's see if this can just be the thing that goes like, whether it's praying the rosary every day or whether it's, um, reading liturgy of the hours or, you know, things like that. It's, it's a good reset of life gets busy and, oh yeah, I did make this promise last Lent that I was going to carry this out. And so then you kind of bring it back. Um, but it, it brings you back to the point of it has to be purposeful because there's only so many things you can do. So yeah. what's realistic and, and what's, what's the purposeful way to kind of do that or to, or another way to look at it is make space in your day for this thing and then whether you continue with this thing or you put something else in the same space but something holy and something good that's going to lead you towards christ um so it's more like making space in your day for the thing that you're going to do that's that's your time with god i know i've done that i've had a complicated history over the years with the liturgy of the hours and you know um i should be doing it every day and i am doing it now every day because i developed that habit during lent a few years ago and that's a perfect amount of time whether it's 20 days or or 40 days to develop a new habit Mm -hmm. um and and make it a part like you said of uh of my day liz christie from the office of evangelizations in the cafe and we're talking about practical ways to prepare for advent which uh the first sunday of advent or first weekend of advent is this sunday um what else can we practically do? I was also just thinking about um, in this year of Eucharistic revival, um, focusing on adoration this Advent too, and and how much we have this beautiful little Holy Family, big Holy Family. I don't know in our in our mm-hmm. studio here in in what used to be a fireplace. It's really awesome, and I get like a great view of it from working the board every morning and I was just thinking of the way Joseph and Mary are looking at baby Jesus. I like I can't imagine after after Mary birthed the Lord and she's holding him in her arms, there must have been a moment where she realized how normal that was. <laughs> you know, of like this wow, the the king of the universe came as a vulnerable baby. Yeah. And that there isn't a, like, yeah, the difference is, is that this baby is the God man. You know, he's divine. He is the son of God. Yes. But like that baby had the same needs that I, I'm really thinking through this. I have a seven month old, you're soon to be eight month old and she's perfect in every way. And I love her very much. But um, I can just think back to, you know, that first month after she was born, she was under seven pounds so she's this tiny little baby and just realizing like wow everything in you is dependent on me and my wife to provide for you and in that moment for Mary recognizing the Lord's vulnerability in his infancy of like wow you are the creator of the universe and yet you are so dependent on me Mm. like to breastfeed to change your diaper to like you know, as, as he's growing up, learning to walk and crawl and, you know, all these different things, 
you are so dependent on me in your vulnerable state, not because you need to be, but because you chose to be. Mm. And isn't that what the Eucharist is then too? And that's, that's kind of where my brain was going with it and spending more time in adoration, especially this year of Eucharistic revival of recognizing that the, the Lord chooses to be vulnerable in, in the form of the host in the Eucharist, that, that bread that turns into his body and blood, soul and divinity and saying like, wow, Lord, like, how 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 can it be that you chose me that you chose us as as a people to you know cradle you in this in this mm-hmm. host and be able to sit with you and recognize your vulnerability that you choose not because you are reliant or dependent on it but because you choose it yeah no that's such beautiful reflection there and one i think that we can continue to reflect on this Advent. I think um, one thing that I've been thinking about throughout our conversation is um, Liz and Dave, you were sharing just tradition and sometimes it could get busy and sometimes it could get hectic and how do we do all these things, but also make the season um, just intentional and kind of magical for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> And just, I think there, there really does need to be an intentional being present to each other that's cultivated, especially during, of course, all the time, but especially during this time of year where things can get more hectic and things, and we can start to focus on the presents that we still need to buy, the food that we still need to prep, the the house being ready, the cleaning that we would like to do, you know, all the things. And yet, um, that's just going to make things more hectic, more noisy, and really it should be also a season of what well, it, it it's joyful because of the people that we're around. It's um, special and magical because of the way that we get to spend time together and make it intentional. And so it's just also a good reflection, I think, in this time of preparation of how present am I being to each person in my family? How am I loving them well? reminds me of cam's comment putting first things first you know we i waste so much time and that's another way maybe to more deeply enter into um into the season of advent is to clean out the closet some you know and put first things first uh, the things that really do matter most and we can all think of what those, you know, things are for, for each of us. You, you do that, you're going to find more time in, in your day for the things that do matter most because you're setting your priorities the way that they should be set. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and I think it just goes back to asking the Lord, you know, like every day, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And you start your day that way. And then you try to follow that and, you know, you do the things you have to do and you get things done, but Lord, what do you want us to do? I've been um, reading and studying lately. And one of the things that um, came up in the last week was the Lord is having an internal conversation with every single person that we don't know about, but he's, he's offering them. He offers each of us 
something and, and we respond to that and then he offers us more and we respond to that and he offers us more. So it's in the making of time for, you know, adoration, prayer, silence, reflection, um, that that internal conversation can carry on and we can receive the gifts that he's really trying to give us. And which is really the true like point and the beauty of, of all of this. Um, John the Baptist gives us such a good example. Like he must increase, I must decrease. And so, um, yeah, as we do that throughout the Advent season, that makes a more beautiful, joyful season of Advent and then a fuller Christmas season. I also would encourage everyone <clears throat> to think of those that are alone and lonely uh, this season um, to find ways uh, just just to be aware of uh, the the folks around you, family members, friends, people you see in in the pews. That this is a difficult season uh, for some people um, who've had a loss in their life, uh, you know, whatever that looks like, but have some awareness and to um, make yourself available um, and there's so many ways I mean, it's just a hello often is enough and uh, a conversation but then also you know we give a lot of gifts this time of year so you know make room you know for or make uh, the effort to share um, just share something uh, with those that you notice that that are alone or maybe suffering in a certain way this season. So, and our parishes do that really well. <clears throat> I know with uh, giving trees, and uh, that was another beautiful, you know, actually putting that priority on on charity and of thinking of others that uh, that our family is uh, able to do through our parishes is to to take that that ornament and do something very tangible and, and very kind, you know, for somebody that, that is in need this year, this time of year. Also, one thing as we enter into 20 degree weather <laughs> and really nasty wind chills are um, uh, blessing bags uh, to have in your car Yeah, for those that you pass that may be homeless or again, suffering in, in some way. Uh, plenty of ideas online of um, <clears throat> just uh, Ziploc bags filled with some uh, very practical things to help these people that are out in the elements. It, it could be a pair of gloves, a scarf. Um, you know, you can pick up the fleece blankets, you know, pretty cheaply at just about any store this time of year. But then also personal care items, some snacks, just uh, things to make uh, others' lives a little bit easier. So, well, friends, look forward to journeying this Advent with, through this Advent with all of you. Uh, pick up your copy of Rejoice, Advent Meditations with the Holy Family. We'll begin that series tomorrow. We'll also welcome into the cafe Sister Marianne Fatula and Teresa Vivona on the Emmaus Road Scholarship. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. Amen. <laughs> God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow at 8.